love you. Oh my God. I can't believe we're all back. This is crazy. Um, not including how long we've been doing this together on Twitch, but um, it's kind of uh, nutters to think that, you know, we're, we've got to be going on to almost two years now. I think more than, yeah. Yeah. Because between breaks and oh, almost. Yeah. I think we yeah. met like in March or April. April. Of, yeah. 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 So I think, I think, April this year will be two years. Yep. Wow. Did you ever think? Pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still not there yet. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> the first thing from the first mission from the first day. <laughs> and to me, that's like just so d and I don't know why. It just feels like super D&D when it's, uh, you know, you, 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 Start your adventure realizing that, wait, 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 didn't we have a mission? Uh, something about the last of the Wonderman Assembly, the Blood Vault, and retrieving proof this. of their heritage. And here we've been, you know, the back of Turtle Cities and, you know, no work islands and chasing fire titans and, you know, discovering gods. I mean, how did it all go wrong? When you, when you started this, did you realize you had a group full of squirrels? And everything um, they is going to be. Hey, I, hey. I think I think that kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> you know, scrolls have been playing this game for a long time, <laughs> long time. <laughs> <laughs> but where we last left off was kind of a kind of a crossroads had been reached, uh-huh. making. Um, Realizing that Puck may have dabbled a bit too deeply into the mysterious entity known as Dominion, or possibly whatever that thing was, the team managed to rally, and although it cost a great deal to save her from herself and her near-sighted goal of potentially crossing over into Dominion's existence, team saved Puck. But in the meantime of doing this, a certain person used this distraction to get exactly what he had been looking for. As we discovered that the Martinet was locked up in the tower and the uh, nefarious Mason had not only managed to destroy Martinet, but also steal something of value as well, possibly another beacon light or something of even more unknown value. The team, though, split in two. Two went to a region in an attempt to bring back what was nothing more than a red herring, an ability to not only distract, but caused the team to go in different directions, weakening um, their ability to detect Mason even more. Puck and Zenith, however, sensing the suffering and entrapment of the turtle um, creature, had decided to free it. And upon freeing it, they set it off to its course upon the threshold from life into death. And here the turtle... And its magic succumbed, and it laid at the bottom of the Lucidian Sea. And the people of Haven had decided 
best to find their way out into the world and approach their nomadic existence yet again. Spot, ever the concern of his shopping activity, immediately went down into the coral markets to try to retrieve something he had previously ordered. Earthen, despondent over the frustration of choices and these unseeming and unending interludes of these godlike creatures and Puck and Xanath nearly catching Mason, but not quite catching him in time. We are in the waters around the slowly abandoning city of Haven. On the back of the now lying still ancient dragon turtle known as Draxelhaven. What would you guys like to do? I definitely wanted to see if I can find that merchant I was dealing with in the uh, excuse me in the merchant's district just before everybody evacuates. Give me a investigation check, if you would please, Spot. All right, investigation. Ah, damn it! Not very good. That's only a two. Two. <laughs> good to know. As you begin to frantically swim through the pearl uh, markets or the coral markets trying to remember where that stall is it's currently a flood with people kind of gathering up belongings and joining the kind of never-ending kind of stream of merfolk that are now uh, just kind of gradually beginning to evacuate the city all right um well crap so <laughs> Earthen is uh, headed towards the whale that's supposed to be waiting for us. Yep. And I believe Grim, uh, Grimgor, or Gorgrim as Gorgrim's well. Gorgrim's supposed to be yeah. there, yeah. Gorgrim's escort. What are Pocket and Zenith doing with their time at this point? I think we we had seen Mason and then we had reached out to Earthen and Spot and didn't hear back. So we don't know where the whale is. So I think we would have gone back. At least I think Xanth would have gone back to try and like check in on the council. Mm. Um, I think Puck would try to like maybe write or draw like the story of Draxelhaven on the lighthouse before leaving because she promised him that she would try and spread his word. And it is seems like an important sight for him. Um, give me a performance check if you would. Maybe I'll just get Earthen to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you can get Earthen to do much of anything. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, this is appropriate. This is a 10. A 10? Okay. Perfect. horrible. Not great. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, give me a sleight of hand check as you begin to spend the next hour kind of artistically and as well as narratively writing the story of Draxelhaven um, within the confines of the lighthouse. 13. Okay. Buck is rolling par usual. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it takes you a little longer than an hour because you're kind of like, Steady of hand, kind of taking your time. Zenith, 
you kind of leave Puck to what she's doing, and you begin to kind of see if you can figure out where Spot is, trying to find where Earthen might have gone. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you kind of go by where the um, council chambers were, where the title council was, and the entire facility, the, the, the coral structure and everything, so far appears to be abandoned. No sign of any of the remaining council members. The stream of merfolk leaving um, Haven is, is, is ongoing at this point, but most of the population seems to have either um, you know, fled to the outskirts or you know, kind of found their way towards the edge of Draxel Haven and are just kind of and, and and the equipment and everything that they use is very kind of like part of their environment that they would normally do. And this is when, for the first time, you're seeing them harness these um, uh, these seahorses as part of their um, livery and ability to like kind of move things in in mass. And instead of using wagons, um, they take these great nets with all their um, worldly possessions kind of bound in these nets, being trailed on by these. Um, uh, large seahorses, and um, there's there's just really no sign of any kind of organization at this point. No, and like different groups of people seem to be going in different directions, but no so, sign of Earthen and no sign of Spot either. All right. So my my sense from looking around, it sounds like is essentially that people are just dispersing. That there's there's no particular organization. Yeah, like. It's almost as if, as you're watching them kind of leave, that these were many different family um, uh, clans, many different tribal groups that, for whatever reason, found a reason to coexist with each other on the back of Draxelhaven. Mm-hmm. Now they just seem to kind of be going back to their normal nomadic existence and just all kind of in these large groups going off in different directions. Okay. I think uh, I'm probably feeling feeling some grief and feeling pretty bad, and I I know that Earthen is very unhappy, um, and I'm probably gonna send him a very short message that just says, "Where are you, Earthen?" On your way out of the edge of Draxelgrix um, and the edge of Haven, um, you could see a group of about two dozen merfolk swimming around about a 200 foot long blue whale that's just kind of out in the middle of the sea just kind of staying in a very kind of like static condition um and you're probably only a few minutes away of getting there and you immediately hear Zanis' voice in your head Hmm. very curt very straight to the point asking a very simple question where are you the big whale, our way out. That's it. That droll. <laughs> <laughs> if Did I you hear know... any directions or anything? Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big whale. I mean, the how big is, whale. How does Earthen know where the whale is? Uh, is it? Can I see a whale? Um, I, like, I mean, I been, so I went to the council, remember, and then like I left the council, and they said, "Oh, the whale, go, you know, go meet the whale." Okay. Uh, and then so I went up and or something. went to Martinet and then went to the whale. Um, I'll say it's pretty good size from where you're currently within Haven. 
um, looking off in the distance. From this amount of space, you know, density of water and the ability to see through water is pretty rough. Um, go ahead and give me perception as okay. you start looking for some kind of sign of what he just said to you. My boyfriend got me these like bloodstained dice for Christmas, which <laughs> I will roll dice. today. Accurate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. This is a perception check. Correct. Oh, it's a nat 20. So that's a 30. That's a nice start. Yeah. On the very edge of your visibility before it gets dark, like in the depths of the, of the water, how water gets darker, the further you see um, about a thousand feet off the South section of Haven. You can see a very small object, um, which would mean it's probably quite large that you could see it this far away. And you get the feeling that's the direction that Earthen might have gone in. And since we're okay. sharing, my girlfriend's familiar oh, was finally painted. It's and so cute. it was painted in the uh, motif of um, Clash of the Titans, the yeah. owl, the mechanical yeah. owl. Oh, it's adorable. So, this is a cursed object that talks to her, but no one else <laughs> can hear it. She thinks it's a familiar when actually it's a very ancient wizard who lives inside the vessel, slowly trying to figure a way out. Oh, Xanth, we were very nearly uh, twins there. Um, I got a set of gay dice from my local. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Wait, put them yeah. up. Put them up close so we can see them. But yeah. Um, oh, I, it's like I, identical. That's so cute. Well, that's the thing is they had a set of a couple sets of blood spattered ones, and I would have bought one, but the owner of the shop just sat there like in a little stool, like in the back, just doing inventory or something for like five minutes while my husband and I were at the the front door checking out. Okay, bye. <laughs> Way to upsell us, buddy. Way to upsell. <laughs> Damn introverts. Uh, so I think probably I would I would message Spot and Puck and tell them I'm heading towards the whale and give them rough directions. Okay. So for you, Spot, to no avail until finally you come across the stall that you remember him being at and it's empty mm -hmm. um, already packed up already gone um, the the coral markets have become quite empty ah. yeah I tried one last thing and just uh, kind of float up uh, a couple of a couple dozen feet and just kind of yell uh, hey anybody sell anything to a cat person in the last day or so uh, got a, got a question got a question for you which immediately sounds like one of my one of my things is um, I can as long as it's a spoken language they can understand me one thing so true um, is it in merfolk well it's with with mine as long as it's a spoken language they can understand me like, oh that's right that's your monk thing now right yeah it's one of your monk things exactly okay. Um, give me a persuasion check as you yell that out across the, the handfuls of people you begin to see leaving. 21. Um, two merfolk float out of a group of other merfolk and immediately point towards the southern edge of Haven. And you can see a series of uh, seahorses being tethered to a bunch of different uh, net gatherings. Uh, um, and immediately one of the seahorses and one of the merfolk 
um, in preparation of leaving, you recognize the shopkeep. I'm just oh. going to kind of turn to the uh, to the person that pointed them out to me and just kind of you know do a respectful bow and then just take off towards the seahorse with the shopkeeper. Okay. You make your way over there. Um, the shopkeeper sees you, is kind of shocked to see you, um, but in merfolk responding to your inquiries, um, I I didn't expect to see you. I mean, none of this was really planned. I'm, I'm so sorry to have to ask, but just I I feel like such a tool for even bringing this up. Like, do you still have those bracers you spoke to about? I would, I think those would really be of assistance to me. Um, I, I yes, I, I I still have them. In fact, to be honest with you, I not really sure what I'm going to be doing in the future. Um, here, take them. I don't really have a need of them. Is there anything that I can give you to assist in your trip? Money, uh, supplies, anything? Direction, I guess. Uh, is there a place for a people like us to to exist safely? Do you know? I I don't. I would say my homeland is a safe place, but it, it's not. There's no large. Uh, I don't know how close. Orestos is to a uh, to a body of water. If you could make it to uh, to Leon and to Leon and Coast, I'm sure there's people there that would help you. But I'm afraid I don't know much about that. Um, possibly, um, have, have you have you heard of a city called Gnomeworks? We were just we've been there for a while. I have scavenged a few ships that showed charted courses to such a place. Um, perhaps we will. Go and look into that place, then. No works might be a good place. Um, they've there's been some upheaval in the city recently, but having some good people out in the water can't help or can't hurt. I think upheaval is definitely the flavor of fish today, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it was good upheaval, unlike this. But you know, we there was a some people that needed to be. Um, Dealt with that we're dealt with. Oh, I don't necessarily agree that this is bad. Uh, our peoples have been nomadic their whole existence. I would say that this relationship we had here was good, but also sometimes bad. I think we stopped being good shepherds of the sea and became too focused on. Well, trying to build something that we were just not familiar with. The convenience of this place is quite amazing as he looks around, but I like an I I like the idea of no rules, no structure. Just the open sea and the adventure that that open sea offers you. Believe me, I get it. I don't know that my friends here really get the whole, you know, uh Chaotic, uh, chaotic existence, but I absolutely get it. So good. But yeah, Gnomeworks was a great place. Tons of fun. Um, not a merchant myself, but I think you guys could do well there. Well. But, by the way, I sunk, uh, I and my friends personally sunk a, a ship that got some cool stuff out of it. I just showed my rapier. And uh, if, I, if I got this, probably some really cool things in there. Well, we'll have to go make inquiries. 
thank you. Um, you watch as the seahorse kind of tethered to the massive amount of equipment being hauled in the net, just kind of as a wash of bubbles kind of uh, wash past you. Um, eventually, Xanath, as you start swimming towards where you left Puck, you actually see Spot kind of like hovering on the outskirts of the uh, of the Pearl Market or the Coral Market. And you just kind of see him and then quickly message him that um, you're on your way to go pick up Puck and head towards the Blue Whale. Mm-hmm. Just gonna kind of uh, really, I, I don't think I get messaged all that often. I can just send like a response back mm-hmm. or just completely yeah. just on my way. That Zenith, you make it to the lighthouse, and there's Puck finishing up mm-hmm. some pretty profound artwork and writings. Um, she's basically taken the majority of the adventures that she's had with Draxelhaven. Dominion, the turtle, the whole story of what's transpired here and kind of uh, both painted and kind of wrote it out, you know, on the interior of this coral lighthouse where the Martinet was kept. Um, And the two of you are back together again. And eventually you see Spot poke his head in and kind of like, you know, the three of you begin to kind of, Make your journey towards the blue whale that's now off in the distance as you start getting closer to it. Earthen, you get there first. You see Gorgrim kind of like communicating with about a dozen very hardened, kind of obvious warrior cast merfolk. Um, He finishes his conversation with them and in his shark form uh, comes swimming over towards you and just kind of the very kind of like grimace like look on his face holding um, a spear in one hand, a coral blade tucked um, into a seaweed harness across his chest. I'm Uh, I'm doing this because I was ordered to. I'm going to take the loot out so that I can communicate because that allows the music to, to travel through there and, I'm just kind of playing back uh, in sing-songy voice, like, you know, uh, well, I'm not a big fan of this either. Um, I didn't like our first run-in, and uh, I hope this one is meets a better end. Well, at least we can both agree that we agree to disagree with what we're agreeing about. <laughs> For what it's worth, I tried to keep the turtle alive. What was the point of that? Nothing now. Hmm. Interesting. Well, looks like your friends are on the way. And Gorgrim turns, swims back towards the blue whale. Before long, the blue whale kind of arcs up and down um, towards the undercurrents. You, The three of you see Earth and kind of like just finish a conversation with Gorgrim. The four of you are kind of back together again as the blue whale is beginning to kind of like swim and come over by where the four of you are with tethered merfolk to the netting um, that is attached to all the kind of like barnacles and coral that's grown on the surface of this massive blue whale. And you can hear Gorgrim's voice. If you're going to the rift and the veil, hold on. 
It's time to leave. You have moments. Be quick about it. He watches a handful of regular merfolk kind of attached to different ends of the of the netting. You also notice a small group of humans um, that have attached to the blue whale as well. Um, you could see a half-orc gentleman attach. You notice a couple halflings. Clearly, there were others here that planned on going to the Vale, and they have decided to hitch a ride with Gorgrim's Blue Whale to make that last bit of journey. Um, I think if, if we're approaching, probably I swim up and see Earthen and just swim over to a place on the Whale that's like not close to earth. And I know he would, he would have done that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, kind of, I envision puck and spot like in between this tiff, you know, and Zenith and earth and look at each other just brief enough to kind of, and then go different directions. Out of the blue whale. <laughs> I need you to know spot is just sitting awkwardly in the middle, just like trying to pass snacks to the two sides. Just oh, like, it's a big whale. You don't have to sit by me. <laughs> <laughs> or tether by me, rather. Right? Puck kind of nods and sits with Zanif. <laughs> the... Go ahead, Spot. I was going to say, just literally kind of positions myself in between you guys. Just, just the, that's what you So with the, the circlet of the tidal mind, I can communicate with sea creatures. And uh, I'm going to try and use that to talk to the whale. You are unable to communicate with it as it is in concentration and in conversation with somebody else. Although you're not entirely who. Probably it's Handler. You do see a group of about four merfolk up on the main back spine of the blue whale, tethered into what feels like a real large kind of, um, if you were to put a large saddle or platform like in the elephants in Lord of the Rings, just kind of a large coral and seaweed kind of platform that's on the back of the blue whale. Uh, then I'll try to swim up to those guys. Okay. Uh, just to shoot some questions. Haven't traveled by whale before, so. Fair point. Anybody else want to do anything before the whale sits off? I kind of want to just sit down, uh, you know, just turn to face Puck and Zach and just kind of, you know, like, okay, um, not thrilled with how that worked out, but do you guys want to, you know, tell me what happened? Yeah, give me your version of what went on without Earthen being Earthen. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm not, you don't need to tell me anything you don't want to. Just if this is something you wanted to get off your chest, uh, I have. I am not the idealist he is. I'm not here for moral judgment. Just if there's anything you feel like you have to unburden yourself of, 
I'm here for you guys. I think Puck just cries. Oh. Aww. <laughs> and then he... gets her shit together. <laughs> I love when, it. when the turtle talked to us, he seemed to be ready to be let go. And the way that we let him go was I cast Greater Restoration, which is a healing spell. And I understand that it ruined the turtle that we were sitting on, but it I think it was what he wanted. And we couldn't wait forever to see what Dominion would do. It didn't feel like very much time. And there isn't always another option. No, I, I get it. Um, not the real, but that was the plan that was enacted when Earth and I kind of went off to try something else. I, I do understand it. That doesn't mean I'm, I get thrilled with uh, you deciding to do that then, but I do get it. And that's all right. Again, I, I don't have a moral judgment about uh, killing the, uh, the turtle. I, if that is what he wanted, that's perfectly acceptable. I, not my place to judge. I'm sorry that you felt misled. I get it, especially given uh, we we almost died for literally nothing. Um, the artifact we were going after ended up being a uh, enchanted bit of crockery. So, um, yeah, <laughs> fun times all around. I do wonder if there would have. It, it sounds like it was relatively dangerous to get there, right? And there was a chest like you expected there to be, and it just wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, it was a chest that had a series of uh, enchanted blocks on it. Earthen's actually got the... I was able to pry them off without triggering any of them. Earthen's got them in his bag of holding, but someone went through a lot of effort to try to seal that, so I kind of wonder if the actual artifact we were looking for was uh, already stolen, or if it was ever in those people's possession to begin with. But don't have a whole lot to go on there either. The person who told us about the Horn of Dominion was Brightfin. It seems like we've been led around quite a bit. The turtle mentioned that the giant, the fire giant, was one of the first pillars of Dominion and that so long as he is alive, Dominion will try to control him and bring upon his his goal, which seemed to be, at least by the turtle, incredibly destructive towards everyone. I am forever bound to do what the turtle would have wanted, if that means telling his story, if that means stopping whatever it is, but I'm not thrilled that I've been manipulated twice over. Thrice over, really. So, uh, I, I don't know what to do. But I do know that we have been told, all of us, by different merfolk to seek out Brightfin when we asked around. I noticed that even then. Brightfin seemed very unassuming. We did not catch anything. 
even somebody like Earthen, who normally would be able to catch dishonesty, did not. And even the horn was just another false path. And whatever Mason was doing there, he was thrilled. I mean, he he was victorious in every single way. So for now, I'm just gonna accept whatever loss this means for all of us, and especially for the people here. And I guess keep trying. But it feels like we're pretty far off. Or at least I am. Oh, you're muted, Spot. <laughs> That's what I get for muting myself, opening drinks and whatnot. Oh, <laughs> uh, good audio. Well, it sounds like you're uh, on a good path of self-discovery and growth there, Puck. Um, I it's <laughs> going to be hard, but I'm here. I'll, I'll do what I can to, you know, you know crime friends forever. Oh. Oh. Puck just hugs him and cries uh, and just all of the emo <laughs> mascara running off. Emo mascara. I love it. <laughs> You guys all feel the whale <laughs> kind of lurch forward and it just goes up to the surface. It breaches the surface just enough for it to take in a huge gulp of air and then it dives down deep. It circles once and then starts carrying you in the direction that you know the shatter dials to be. Around you, merfolk soldiers are clinging just kind of casually on to the netting, the the organic and kelp netting that they've harnessed onto the sides. Nearby, you could see of the group of halflings, one in particular has created a bubble, an air bubble around her. There's a seaweed tether that allows her to be attached. And she has created a small laboratory within the bubble. You can see tables. You can see um, uh, uh, quills that are writing in books. You can see that she is like taking samples from things and putting them places. Every now and then she kind of floats over to the edge of the bubble, looks out in different directions, immediately she starts talking to herself, although you can't quite hear what she's saying. A series of quills come down to some journals and start writing in the journals themselves. Further up near the spine, a tethered, um, uh, another tethered air bubble as well. This, you could see a very kind of um, uh, a half-orc gentleman of middle age. And for orcs, that's pretty amazing as it is from an orc perspective, but he definitely has more of a half orc look to him, mostly because he has a beard. Um, he is surrounded by easels and is currently painting as he is being tethered to the back of the, the harness. And there's jars of paints floating around him. Some of the easels are magically kind of doing their own thing. He, however, is currently just sitting crisscross applesauce mid bubble kind of, you know, painting 
on some canvas and every now and then stopping to look, you watch as um, a merfolk kind of floats by to go up towards the top of the blue whale. Um, and he seems to take interest in that and starts painting on his easel. Um, other than that, it's almost like you're this, this, there may have been others here in Haven that you're beginning to realize had a vested interest in making their way out to um, the Shattered Isles. Hmm. Are there bubbles available or is it just people with magic to make bubbles? Um, you can make an inquiry if you'd like. Hmm. We're we're breathing with like a with puck spell right now, I think, right? Correct, yeah. So we're good for like eight hours? Is that right? Or is it like one hour? <laughs> Five, four, three. <laughs> Oh, you know what I could, what you know what I could do is I could make a tiny hut on the side of the whale, um, and then it would just stick to the side of the whale, and it would be dry inside the whale or dry inside the bubble. Uh, That's what I'll do. There we go. That's uh, sounds more comfortable. Um, it's twenty four hours though, just if that's oh, necessary. Sweet. Okay. Eventually, you hear the sounding horn from the back of the blue whale, uh, signifying the beginning of the journey. Um, the you guys watch as Zenith begins to pick out a place to eventually, almost kind of like a you know uh, like a barnacle of its own, a place for the tiny hut to kind of exist on the side of the blue whale, um, so that when you eventually take your long rest, you'll be able to use that as a method of doing that. Um, you now begin to see some of the merfolk scouts that are on the edge of the blue whale. Uh, on the backs of huge tiger sharks and great white sharks, they kind of circle the massive um, blue whale. Um, this feels like the beginning of a very long journey at this point. Uh, you remember the council mentioning probably three or four days of underwater potential journey, depending on the behavior of the rifts that have been kind of opening and closing within the region of the Shattered Isles. Um, but it feels like this part of the journey is finally moving forward. And that in a few days you could expect to be at the Vale and then cross over into the chain of islands known as the Shattered Isles and eventually seeking the original island that the surviving um, individual from the wandering, uh, the Wanderman assembly is hoping that you could find that proof, which you've undoubtedly already kind of got that proof at this point. It's more about all the new information that you've learned about the importance of these lighthouses and the beacons and what Mason might be up to. Um, and maybe there's some other nefarious activity going on within the Shattered Isles. You also know that the Shattered Isles are um, inhabited by a culture known as the Voik, um, these great sea travelers that um, exist in many different types of animal-related clans, bear, elk, eagle, and so, and so forth. Um, you'd gotten some of that information previously to give you a, an idea of what to expect once you're there. Um, 
I believe the main island that um, uh, that was um, told to you um, was um, the Dragon's Breath Island, one of the larger of the Shattered um, Isles. And here, the um, Withia um, of the Wanderman's Assembly is still expecting you to find and locate the evidence and eventually report back to her. Of course, this was some time ago that this had all taken place, and quite a bit of time now has gone by since you've left Nicodronus from the point of leaving port, taking the job, the long travel out to the seas. Eventually, the diversion to Nomorks, the couple, two or three weeks that you spent in Nomorks, and then your first encounter with the rifts during your travel out into the water again by sailing or by air vessel, which you no longer have at this point, um, you begin to realize that probably two or three months has gone by because you lost some time when you had that first experience with the rift that um, not only wiped out all the crew as far as you're concerned, but also uh, uh, potentially caused uh, the mind flare that you, or the githyanki that you had a conversation with. I was playing Baldur's Gate yesterday, <laughs> so I apologize. Um, which so good? I have so many opinions about that game. Um, like it's super easy to exploit. I'm trying really hard yep. not to. Not yep. gonna lie. Yep. Um, my camp has 75 explosive barrels. They <laughs> literally solve all your problems all of every them. time. Yep. <laughs> I can Albert tell that Janet is on vacation. She's drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> not going to work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that, that's, what, that's what explains the smile. <laughs> I have a bottle of, I have a jar of moonshine, you know, it's just Ooh. not over here. <laughs> I'll bring it over at break. But yeah, it, 109. Um, there's the missing Githyanki that fell into one of the rifts. And even now, maybe moving from rift to rift, there's the surviving Harper um, that is trying to make his journey now back towards Waterdeep. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, some friends that traveled with you from Nomeworks who are now traveling with uh, Winter back into the Fey Realm to converse with the uh, different courts, the Unseelie and Seelie courts, as well as the Court of Concordia to figure out if there's some involvement with the Fey in all of this. Leaving the four of you to kind of muse a bit about finally being on this last leg of your journey, making it to the Vale and what to expect the potential above water risk had always been the siren song of the foggy veil. Now being underwater, you're not entirely sure what to expect as this great creature and all the others riding along with it are all making this almost kind of like tourist like trek out to both veil and the shattered isles. Um, but you pretty much have the remainder of this day. It's, it's getting on to the tail end of this day. So you've got about four or five hours until your long rest. What do you guys want to do with this last bit of time before day one concludes? I'd like to try and scry on Mason again, even though he might be on another plane. Okay. I'm going to try and talk to the, uh, the, the people driving the whale. Okay. 
puck spot? Anything you two want to work on for the closing of the day? No, no. Uh, I was going to say something, but he's going to try and sneak around and see if she can over- listen to people talking a little bit. Oh, I like that. Are you purposely being stealthy or just kind of, um, you know how there's always that one person on a cruise ship that's just kind of walking around listening into other people's <laughs> conversations? Are you being kind of like not obvious or are you tr- purposely being stealthy at this point? Uh, purposefully being stealthy and okay. like trying to be unnoticed and see if I can find people who don't want to be noticed too. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me a stealth check. Yes, my one strength. <laughs> Please don't let me down now. Oh, I don't know. Get, getting into trouble is a pretty good strength of yours too, right? Oh, yeah. No, second. I, I would say second best, but I rolled a 12, so maybe not. Maybe it's first. Being stealthy <laughs> underwater isn't exactly easy either. So. On the as, back of a whale. <laughs> you know, you watch, as, you watch as from the further harness down the whale's side, earthen kind of glides up along the whale's side, heading up towards where the handlers kind of exist up on the back side of the head of the whale. Um, Xanath is kind of lost in her thoughts. Spot anything you're doing at this point? Um, Sorry, I, I missed the last little bit of that because of my sister and my cat, but... Not really, just... Um, so that's when you keep the immersion and go, I saw a ball of yarn. Exactly. <laughs> Kelp yarn. So you got about four hours left in the day. Is there anything you want to do before the long rest? I want to kind of motion to Earth and like, hey, you know, come see He's me. not around. Oh, he, swam, he, he swam up to the top of the blue... Well, the people, the handlers who drive the whale. Gotcha. Uh, eh, I'm probably just going to hang out with uh, Puck and Zan for the next little bit. And I feel like someone should say hi to one of these other like human parties that's going to the whale. But it's not Zan because she's that's just not her vibe. <laughs> so, um, well, I was like. <laughs> Hi, Houdini. You feel like being a little dick? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we rarely see that one, right? We usually see the other one. The black and white. Oh. Uh, yeah. The tuxedo looking boy. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie. Nah, Houdini's usually right. Um, <laughs> is there like a baggage storage area or any kind of place where Puck can kind of skulk around? Um, I mean, the whale's a good 250 feet long which isn't all that dissimilar from the size of a massive ship. There are things tethered to the whale, um, supplies and other things, maybe. You do notice that the group of five humans are tethered similarly to the way that you guys are, and they clearly look like they are using underwater breathing spells because they're kind of like in a tight cluster, and they seem to be communicating with each other, writing things down, they're also all wearing um, uh, the same academic attire that you'd expect people or teachers to wear. Um, uh, and the, their behavior is even kind of that way. There's uh, three females, two males. Um, they seem older in the 
middle to upper middle ages. Um, and they seem to be very engrossed in to reviewing literature that they have. And they're like sharing it with each other and kind of like sticking out like bulges of, you know, like uh, luggage to a certain degree. But also as you look, um, give me a perception check. If you would, please, Puck. God, my rolling, my terrible rolling is my true strength. This is 14. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, 14. Not bad. Um, there's enough supplies connected to where they are. You pick up on two things. One, a lot of the supplies are excavation equipment. And a lot of the other supplies are like long-term camping equipment as well. Um, you're not really sure what they're discussing or um, uh, they seem to be speaking a form of uh, Marquesian language that maybe you're not familiar with. Um, and they just seem to be in a heavy conversation about something but you can't really make out what the language is. Okay, I'll try to talk to them. Kind of swim over to where they are, kind of holding on to the different harnesses and everything. And um, you notice that the first one to kind of look at you is a kind of um, very thin, kind of uh, mousy-looking female professor. Um she sees you approach and startled at first. And uh, she kind of um, uses the harnesses to shift over to get closer towards you. Um, uh, she looks at you and she goes, um, I can't believe they're, they're um, you're a gnome, are you not? I am. Uh, and that over there is my tiger. And Punch was with us uh, when we saw Mason, so he should just be chilling somewhere. He's tethered with a leash and is like cat paddling alongside, Ooh. you know, the harness, um, you know, over by Xanath, because Xanath is like staying back by uh, where you guys were. And like he pushes off the whale and paddles in a semicircle and then oh. clings on to the oh. side of the whale, like, you know, cats always do when they don't <laughs> like something specifically. Um, but He's getting used to it. And she looks, oh, you brought a tiger to an underwater journey. Um, okay, that's that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why, but it both terrifies and excites me at the same time. Well, what, are you traveling to the Shattered Isles as well then? Yes, uh, we are. How are we? Who else is traveling with you? Kind of looks around. They're kind of spread out at the moment. Um, <laughs> I like the little head tilt Earth had gave you. <laughs> Here we go again. Tell them everything. <laughs> oh, I tell them everything? Me? Really? <laughs> Ignore my Earth and paranoia. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've never been there before. We're just... Going there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if funny or Puck saying telling the truth or trying to lie. I think they're both equally fun. Um, 
She goes, oh, well, we are traveling to the Isles as well. Um, more importantly, we're hoping to take some time to study these rifts that have been occurring. Um, uh, my name is Dr. Maestra Sibylla. Um, I am with the uh, Drusar Academy of Magic, and me and my friends have traveled a very long way to study these rifts. Um, have you had any interaction with them by chance? Drusar Academy of Magic? Yes. Where have I heard this before? Where Where is that based again? Uh, that is the western region called the Odalin Wildlands in Marquette. Um, very far from here. Oh, wow. That's quite a journey. Oh, it's been quite a journey. Although um, we did take a teleportation circle to Tadori, picked up the remainder of our group and our supplies. Uh, we then teleported to Nicodronus um, and then uh, took a courier out to the mid-seas. Um, and then from the island of Buwali, um, we were able to negotiate access to the underwater community known as Haven. Although, I don't think it's much of a community anymore, is it? I hear not. Something strange happened. We were just passing by and... I'm not actually quite sure what happened. Do you know anything yeah. about it? No, um, not really. Supposedly there's a falling out within the council and they decided just to go their separate ways. Nobody really mentioned much more than that. But I had negotiated passage with um, someone that goes by the name of Brightfin, which I haven't been able to locate. I also negotiated passage with Gorgrim, who is our specific guardian uh, to, to, to lead us um, into the Vale. Um, uh, supposedly it's much safer to... Um, uh, move into it um, underwater than it is above water, which is why we've secured passage here on their great whale. Um, uh, uh, I, I even think that they named it, although I'm not really sure what the name of the whale is. Oh, wow, that's fun. Uh, my companion, um, uh, Dr. Aldwin, uh, he refers to it as Barney. It's covered in a lot of barnacles, so he calls it Barney. That's not a bad name. Oh, he's well, an idiot. I think it's better <laughs> to know things for what they are, but we tolerate him and, you know, we allow him to be creative. Or else it's chattering all night long, all day long about his ideas, and it's a never-ending vessel of just noise and nattering. He's very good at what he does, however, being a practicer of the arts of political sciences and diplomacy. Um, we're hoping that he can help us negotiate with um, the culture here in the Shattered Isles, known as the Voik. Um, and we hope to uh, set up camp uh, and then begin our investigations into the rifts. Oh, that's remarkable. We have a bit of a, I guess you'd say a diplomat in our ranks as well. Oh, really? What is their name? <laughs> <laughs> they go by many names <laughs> that's strange for a diplomat to have many names um, are they uh, in traveling in secret or uh, I, I do I do enjoy conversation with those that plan on interacting with the Voik as well trying to learn as much as we can about them not much is known 
other than the little bits of information we've been able to gather. Well, I say let's pull our resources. I mean, certainly our odds are stacked against us in an unknown environment, and since we're both travelers. Give me a persuasion check, if you would. <laughs> but why? I'm so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes it more fun. <laughs> oh, finally, a semi-good roll. It's 18. 18. Ooh. Of course, um, as soon as me and my companions settle in for the evening, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced these before, but we've brought along our magic mansion. Um, it allows us more room to do our studies. And for now, we're enjoying the underwater journey as it is. But when we retire for the evening, you and your friends are more than welcome to join us for an evening's meal and conversation, of course. Houdini! <laughs> that sounds um, very uh, thoughtful. Thank you. We actually have quite a chef uh, in our group as well. So I'm sure we would love to. Uh, oh, we have a kitchen and they would absolutely adore if they're interested in cooking. All you have to do is summon whatever you want and you could cook whatever you want. Oh, goodness. Well, they will have the time of their lives with it. So I'm quite excited for us all. Good, good. I just, you know, have you, have you noticed anything strange about these merfolk? I have not been around Merfolks long enough to know what is custom, but... I was thinking more of the difference between the ones that are traveling with us and the ones back in the Haven. Um, the ones on the Blue Whale seem a bit more militaristic, a bit more um, soldierly. I was a little shocked at that, but I, I, I get nervous around military types. They, they make me a little bit uncomfortable, but I suppose that only means that they're here to protect us in case we run into and the two of you like just glance at like a 30 foot long great white that just kind of cruises by, you know, and oh, well, I'm glad they're with us then. Um, yes. Um, anyways, um, this evening feel free to come on by. Thank you. And just one more question. Brightfin. We were actually looking for Brightfin all over the place. How did you guys find him? Oh, um, he was our point of contact um, maybe about a month or so ago when we made our journey from Tal'Dorei to Nicodronus. Um, unfortunately, our previous contact, Mannheim, was nowhere to be found. And we found ourselves wondering how we were going to locate Haven. Um, and instead, when we made it to Bawali, we ran into Brightfin, who said he was there in uh, Mannheim's stead to guide us to Haven and to get us into the Vale. Wow. Wow. That's very lucky. I mean, did was he just hanging around or did he just know where to find you? Oh, you know, strange. Um, he described that Mannheim had given him instructions and descriptions of my party. We are um, uh, we're an academic party, so we're usually known for um, uh, when we travel about. Uh, I, I gave Mannheim very specific information to be able to find us, and Brightfin had all of this information. Um, why do you ask? Well, we 
some of my party has found him and spoke to him a little bit, but he just kind of kept slipping away from us. We spent oh. quite a lot of time looking for him. Interesting. Is he... I couldn't find him anywhere when we finally were told to meet Gogrim and the large whale for transport. Um, do you think he's something happened to him? Because I haven't been able to find him. He was supposed to accompany us on our journey. Um, he was supposed to share uh, an item, an artifact with us for study. A He called it a beacon of light. Huh. That's strange. You know, we should talk more with the rest of my party. I know there has been talks of that beacon. And I would be curious to know just how you were able to find him because we spent quite a lot of time and he just kind of seemed to appear and disappear and I hope he's okay. <laughs> if you do the eye roll thing, I'm totally going to make you do a deception check. No, no. Internally glares. I'm in the background saying like, you know, yeah, tell them what happened to Brightfin, Puck. Where'd Brightfin go, Puck? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Brightfin? So as you're swimming, Earth, as you're swimming upward towards the back of the uh, of the whale, kind of using the tethered handholds of the netting, like the seaweed and kelp netting that they've provided for all the um, land dwellers. You're kind of using that as well as kind of swimming at the same time. Um, you get to the top. Um, and suddenly, on the back of a large shark, a merfolk kind of like stops in front of you and in very kind of like guttural common, is there something you've lost? The handlers are off limits. Please return to your station. Oh, I'm just curious as to how one pilots a whale. Well, if we want to share all of our secrets, we'll be glad to find you first. But for now, the handlers are off limits. What's your name? He kind of stares at you for a moment. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Yikes. That's, uh... Hang on. <laughs> uh, that's an 18. That's terrible for Earthen. Yeah, it's actually quite bad for Earthen. I have a plus 14. So uh, oh, dang, there really is four. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said yikes. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Master Watcher Corbin. I am the protectorate of these handlers and of this creature that guides our people in and out of the rifts and veils. Once again, caution you, please do not mess with the handlers. Well, I'm not going to mess with them. I had questions. There's a difference between trying to stir up mischief like some other people I know and just trying to learn things. Maybe. But what questions could you possibly have for them? Oh, so many questions. 
First, what's it like communicating with the whale? Second, how do, does the whale know where to go? Do you know where to go? Third, there's rifts around here, right? We got caught in one a while back. It was not fun. Wound up somewhere far away. Not really sure how that works, but uh, how do they know where the, do they know where the rifts are going to come? Does it just happen around them? Somewhere out there, Puck's ears are ringing so badly. Like, <laughs> um, Corbin looks down at you and kind of shakes his head. Uh, you seem to be wearing the markings of an arcane person, are you not? Uh, kind of. Are you aware of a spell called Communicate with Animals? Of course. I thought merfolk were a little more talented than that. How does one express talent in different variations of the most simplest of spells? Exactly. Back while we were on the back of that giant, now dead turtle, uh, everybody seemed to talk to each other without really having to do anything other than just kind of look. Well, uh, you do realize, of course, that Jaxelhaven was never alive to begin with. Oh, you know that too. Well, everybody in the council core leadership knew it. Um, everybody understood that it wasn't expected to last forever. Uh, it, it was mostly our responsibility to keep the great lie hidden from people, of course, but uh, not really sure why I'm telling you all of this, but... How did uh, Gorgrim feel about that? Oh, Gorgrim hated the turtle. Despised it. He felt the traditions of our people were being corrupted by magic that could not be explained. Really? Yes. So really. you think he thinks the, the magic of the turtle was altering you guys? He doesn't necessarily think that, I can assure you. I think he saw our culture, our traditional culture, uh, of our nomadic ways threatened by what the turtle and Haven offered. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the city existed on the turtle when we found it. It was just empty. No, I was not aware of that. Interesting. Who do you think built the city? Don't really know. Um, some of our leaders said that they felt that the turtle was a millennia old, if not older. Um, the creature inside the enclosed and encased coral building... Um, was said to have some kind of connection with the turtle. Um, but our leaders felt it would have been unwise not to take advantage of the situation and perhaps uh, have our uh, people settle into a more permanent kind of existence. Um, some of us agreed. Some of us didn't agree. Um, I mean, you realize the turtle traveling all through the oceans is still nomadic. It's just not on whales. It's a turtle. Uh, not really. We didn't really have any control over where it went. Mm. It followed its own pattern. We merely used the pattern of its travels to allow our society to flourish. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I looked around and there's a lot of very heavily armed merfolk around here. I mean, I get why you're armed. You're protecting those guys. But is, is all of this really necessary? With the ever 
increasing dangers of the randomness of the rift energy. While most of the outcomes have been uh, uh, in the air above the sea level and above the veiled fog as well, we have been running into issues. This is our last journey into the Shattered Isles. Um, we are to disband and go our separate ways after this. Hmm. Can I? There's no more council. There's no more leadership. There's no real reason to maintain these um, thoughts and ideas of conformity anymore. Can I roll insight against that? Because mm -hmm. that, like, is he being? Is he giving? Is he being entirely forthcoming? Roll uh, insight to. That's a uh, 26. Yeah. I mean, he's, you don't get the feeling he's hiding anything. If anything, he seems annoyed that he's got to go on this journey as if some last minute promise is being upheld by the two surviving members of the former council and holding Gorgrim to a word and Gorgrim's personal, um, uh, kind of like these are his personal guards, his people that are loyal to him. But yet he still seems to be loyal enough to the idea that if the council wishes these last groups to be escorted into the Shattered Isles, then, you know, Gorgrim, as well as his men and women, are following their orders and doing so. You really don't want to be here, do you? Not any more than my commander does, no. We'd hmm. prefer to be wandering the sea pillaging pirates, taking what's ours and taking what's theirs. It's what we used to do before we settled. Really? I, I got the impression that uh, Gorgrim was looked on uh, more barrel by the council. Well, council had its vision of the future of our people and Gorgrim had his. One thing you cannot deny, he is a masterful commander of troops and not one to be slighted in combat. Um, ever since the demise and outcome of Draxelhaven, oddly enough, he's been quite happy. Yeah, I wonder, where was he while the council was being attacked? Kind of odd. Corbin looks at you with a bit of derision on his face. It's not my job to question where my commander is. Well, where were you? With my people, my troops, of course. Isn't your wasn't your job to protect the council? Where no, were you? That was the council's bodyguard's job. My job is to see to it that the transportation in and around Draxelhaven is protected. This is one of a dozen blue whales that we would use on occasion this being the last journey we let the other 11 go uh, can i cast detect thoughts and see if i can surface or deeper thoughts oh i'm trying to trying to see uh if he knew where gorgrim was oh yeah that's a really shitty wisdom save i just did huh? um as you take that moment to kind of like push through the veneer of his of his outer thoughts you could just hear his inner thoughts. Why is this fool asking so many personal questions? Of course, Gorgrim couldn't be found. If I think he orchestrated this, he'd never dare 
he's like he's like thinking about your sudden kind of statement about his absence and it's kind of triggering some internal thoughts that Corbin is beginning to have I mean I was there when the council was attacked and and Gorgon was nowhere to be found it seemed awfully convenient well my understanding was it was a treasonous act by Brightfin he had hmm. Devices to nearly destroy the entirety of the council. Yeah, if it wasn't for me and a couple of my friends, absolutely. Again, where was Gorgrim? I mean, how, how? It just, I, you know, I'm I'm a scholar of history. These things happen all the time, you know. Uh, a general decides they want to do something their own way, and uh, councils in the in between them, and so they find ways to usurp that power. You know, speak plainly. Why is it all you land dwellers speak in comic terms? Are you calling Gorgrim a traitor and responsible for destroying the council? I'm not calling him a traitor. I'm suggesting it worked out very conveniently for him. You described coincidence then. Is it? See, he's getting this frustrated look on his face, and he kind of grimaces towards you, looks kind of like around. Well, doesn't matter. Keep away from the handlers or you'll be dealt with. And he just tugs at the reins on his shark and swims back on his patrol circle. I really think Earthen's the big bad. I really think. <laughs> <laughs> he worships the god Paranoia. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, you know, so far, has he really been that wrong? <laughs> After the first, like, you know, getting to the say, island and being I would say Earthen suffers everything. I, I would say Earthen suffers from a timing deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> Just bad luck. Yeah. Uh, so from from there, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I kind of want to observe the the patrol circles, the routines, okay. uh, of what's going on around there. There's about uh, four of them. Uh -huh. um, two on tiger sharks, two on great white sharks, and they kind of. Circle around, always swimming right above, like always right above the handlers is Gorgrim swimming in his um, alternate uh, form. Um, because of your interaction with the Druid and Gnomeworks, you get the feeling that Gorgrim might also be part Druid as well, because now he's in his full great white shark manifestation of his, his like were shark ly lycanthrope. Um, and he seems to always swim near where the handlers are up on the head of the blue whale. Um, every now and then you watch his merfolk using, because the, the blue whale's moving pretty quickly. So if you get detached, the current will kind of spin you off quite severely. So even the merfolk you know, are using the webbing and netting on the back of the blue whale to kind of help keep an eye on the people, keep an eye on immediate threats. But the, the ocean around you is vast, and it's mostly empty. 
at this point. No, every now and then you'll see a large shoal of fish kind of, um, kind of like a big inky cloud of, uh, of fish kind of swim by, or you'll see a large kind of aquatic creature kind of see the blue whale and then move away from it out of fear. Most of the time being the biggest thing in the water means that most things don't fuck with you. And with this blue whale kind of traversing this part of the seas, things seem to get out of its way. Even, you know, every now and then a very large shark kind of cruises in, sees all the activity and then immediately cruises away back into the, like the darkness of the sea. Uh, can I use the speak with animals to speak with Gorgrim in his, in his shark form? Are you going to swim up to where he is? Uh, like how close would I need to be without, without coming off of this whale to get within, uh, I mean, you have to be within about five or 10 feet to have a conversation with him. Uh, you'd have to swim up 30 feet and maintain a pretty significant current to keep pace with both Gorgrim and the whale. I'd say the whale is doing a good, you know, 15, 20 knots, depending on which current he kind of like slips into. Okay. Um, in that case, um, I'm going to throw like an illusion up uh, nearby him with just an arrow <laughs> pointing down towards me. <laughs> just like, I like, like as you know, soon as you do it, you hear in your head, what do you want? Just some questions. I'm keeping an eye on things. Ask away. You I'm have not leaving a, my station. You have a whole army of people here keeping an eye on things. Surely you can spare five minutes to come down and chat with your old friend on the back of this whale. Let's be clear. I have about a dozen riders four scouts myself and a group of handlers that is all i have left to speak of yeah seems like more than enough to to watch this whale while you he come watches this huge shark just kind of courses over it kind of comes down eye to eye with you kind of just cruising alongside and you just hear its mouth like you see its mouth move and it speaks in common for you what do you want earthen i just really one question where were you when the council was attacked i was doing my job of course which is which is known to me and none of your business I thought your job was protecting the council. No, my job is to be the head of the defense of Haven. The council paths its own course, has its own protectorate, its own guardians. I have never lied about my lack of interest or support for the council. I have always only ever strived to protect Haven from outside incursions. If they fall to an internal matter, it is not my problem. It is their problem. You know, I seem to remember, like, 
this great historical epic I read one time and they were like, there was this big council of people and they couldn't make decisions very well. And there was like a looming war coming up and nobody was sure it was going to go on. And uh, everybody, you know, thought like, well, maybe this military guy could lead us because he has what's best for us in mind, right? He cares about us the most first, right? And uh, they did that. And you know what? You know what? He didn't have what was best for them in mind. He had what was best for him in mind. Sounds like a good book. I'm surprised you know how to read. <laughs> You're really surprised I know how to read. Gorgeous. From for most of us undersea dwellers, we assume that all land dwellers are quite infantile in their their logic and in their intelligence. Um, Fair point. You generally wouldn't be wrong there. Yeah. I am rarely ever wrong. <laughs> hmm. uh, so what was the deal with uh, the boat? Uh, you know, I remember well, a little more than a month ago. Uh, I remember seeing you on a boat that I was on. First of having... all, I believe your people call them ships. Boats yeah. are things that you play with in your bathwater. Um, I was there looking for someone that goes by the name of Mannheim. Really? What were you looking yes. for him for? I know him. You know him. At this yeah. point, he kind of immediately goes out of his um, his druid form of shapeshift into his more traditional uh, merfolk uh, uh, shark form. And he grabs you and pulls you down to the blue whale's harness. And he's holding on and he tells you, Hold on to the harness. How do you know, Mannheim? And I want to know everything you know. Uh, well, I know that he was being manipulated by the people on uh, Gnomeworks who are no longer, thankfully, in charge of Gnomeworks. You're welcome. I'm not really interested in surface dwellers' culture. It doesn't affect me in any way. Oh, it and I was a surface dweller, however. Yeah. It, I mean, you may think it doesn't affect you, but it absolutely does. Oh, it only affects us when they pee and shit in my sea. But everything pees and shits in the sea. What, yes, what are you but talking we're about? organic. Are you assuming that surface dwellers are not organic? Of course not. Have you seen that stuff they put in their mouths and then their bellies? Quite disgusting. They eat other animals that travel on legs as well. Practically cannibalism. Interesting. I, you know, I have a friend who is uh, feline and disappeared. <laughs> I'm thinking a cat walked across the board again every time. I have a feline friend who uh, would be very interested in this conversation, this side of the conversation with you. Uh, but my interest lies more with uh, what deal did you have with Mannheim, after all? Since you don't care about surface dwellers, you know, how could a surface dweller have such a thing as to interest you and attract your attention? Well, since you know of Mannheim and I want this information, I will tell you. I believe that he was working with Brightfit. I believe the two of them were trying to locate something, an object of power. I believe they intended to use this object of power to commit crimes against the merfolk. 
My focus and my goal was to stop them, recover this object, and present it to the council as proof the corruption of our culture was inevitable. The more we deal with your kind, the more we turn away from our nomadic existence and turn away from our deep sea existence, be nothing better than sea elves or tritons. I sense a little uh, racial hostility there. I don't know what you mean. I mean, oh. I travel with a half sea elf, so she oh. might not appreciate those words. At least she has a better half then. Wait, really? Okay, interesting. Hmm. I mean, this guy's grim. You're, yeah. you're, you're beginning to understand where he <laughs> might have gotten that second part of his name. Yeah. This is a harsh individual. Yeah. And he is looking at you as either your potential for food or information at this point. So Brightfin mentioned wanting to chase after this magical object that was supposed to be super powerful and able to um I never said control that. things. No, I, I'm you didn't I said an object you. of power. Yes, I, I'm telling you the object of power he told me about and suggested maybe we could steal together. So you know who Mannheim is, and uh -huh. you had private consultations with Brightfin prior to the fall of the council. Um, that was more or less just sales jargon. You know, he wanted something, and uh, he didn't want to take gold, and I said, how else can I help you? And he said, oh, there's this yes. object. We call that collusion. Mm, yes. Well, I call your absence uh, very coincidental. Well, it seems we, seems we both have a divergence of thought here. You think I'm involved with the fall of the council, although it's interesting. You and your friends suddenly appear. Suddenly, Brightfin is able to find his way into the council. Council is nearly destroyed, and you conveniently become its savior. I find that even more fascinating. And you have acquired more information about this powerful object which seems to be your main reason for being here. Yeah, I aim to destroy it. Hmm. Words, but convenient words. Oh, they are. But, you know, you can trust me, Gorgrim. I saw you. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> you are a funny, pink-skinned person. Ah. Oh. It's delightful, you know, mildly terrifying, but also delightful to hear. It's like you know, you know, in the movie Finding Nemo, yeah, when the Bruce, shark are, you know, when, the, when Bruce is laughing, it's exactly yeah. what Gorgrim's head yeah. looks like when yeah. he laughs. <laughs> and it's just this big cavernous mouth of teeth when he laughs, and there's like a fish head stuck to one yeah. of the, you know, the the, the incisors on the inside yeah. of his teeth. Mix <laughs> yeah. it back in real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bars are not food. They are friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least we say we are. <laughs> so, it seems we might have something uh, of uh, a common uh, reason for uh, keeping a tight lip on some things, yeah? Maybe. But it's a funny thing, Earthen. The veil has an interesting way of sorting things out. Doesn't and with, it? And with that, he kind of like starts to swim away. He turns back into his large shark form and heads up back 
to where he was before. So let's take our five-minute break. And when we come back, we'll do the second half. All right. Do, 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 do. We are back. Well, I'm back. Justin Xanth is getting another beer. Puck's getting a sandwich. Earthen's pouring some moonshine. Spot's probably chasing cats. And I'm just sitting here talking to myself because it's fun. Oh, here it comes. Whenever he does the finger pointing thing, I know something's coming. Uh-huh. Drugging the cats. <laughs> I just, I just imagining the cats over at a little card table with their little credit cards out, like you know, making little rows of catnip, and then like. <sighs> <laughs> these are unfortunately not fun drugs. These are um, steroids for my uh, for my old girl. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, just in spice. I can hear you. Zanith. Yes. As you go into your focus state and you begin to think about Mason when you saw him. And there's the image of the fight that took place in Gnomeworks. His gearwork kind of leg, his kind of gearwork kind of eye. Um, his augmented kind of body and his kind of Dwendalian connection culture kind of viewpoint that he had and what he looked like. While some of the facial features were similar to what you saw, he had definitely changed a lot since the last time you saw him. He was more gaunt his eyes sunken in a bit more. Um, when he flashed you that smile before disappearing, you could have sworn you thought you saw the beginnings of two fangs. Um, you get the feeling that he's probably embracing his dampierness more and more. Um, a sense that whatever journey he's on, the fact that he's comfortable looking like a vampire in the open does give you a little concern, but now that you have his most current appearance, you begin to let your mind drift. You can hear Spot talking to you as you kind of just fade into the scry effect. Everything around you kind of swirls away and you feel your mind's eye begin to erupt out of your mind and up and up and out of the water until it floats above the water and suddenly begins to rapidly go in the direction of the Shattered Isles. It plunges through the veil 
and stops over a small island. It does not look familiar in the sense of the islands that you've been studying or noticing on maps. This one's definitely smaller. As the eye of Scribe begins to kind of circle about as if it's looking for something. You should that, have a... That is a natural one on his save. Oh, minus five. So that's a natural... That's a negative four. <laughs> <laughs> However... I am going to use his arcane resilience to re-roll. And that's six. Um, so yeah, I'm last session and this session. I'm I am i I'm doing worse than Puck. No offense, Puck. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I say that with much joy. Um you feel the eye suddenly focus on the smaller island directly below, and you feel the eye start plunging down towards it. As it gets closer, the island gets bigger. The island is mostly um, bereft of any kind of flora or fauna. There's, it's, it's almost like a square mile island of coral, fractured rock, and kind of sheer cliffs that kind of wrap all around it. Because you can see the great waves slamming into the edge of it, and the, and the waves are kind of like spraying up in the air. However, as you get closer to the surface of the direction that the scry effect is going, um, give me a perception check, if you would, please. Eight. Uh, 22. 22. There is a large structure that looks completely foreign to you and out of place. It looks like a very large Gothic castle, but it's a fractured portion of it. You could see the, um, the curtained wall. You could see the parapets of two towers. You can see the fractured section of one of the center keep sections that would be in the midst of the center of this. And you can see other towers kind of like up in the air as well. But the, it's almost like a large section of a Gothic castle is just kind of at an angle, just been set on this island. As you circle and the eye gets closer to finding an access point into the main building, you could also see the ruined remains of maybe about a dozen or so small buildings that look to be almost like a town. Um, and you could see a, a, a large wooden placard on the ground with a name that you figure must be the name of the town. And so as you guide your eye down and over into the access point, into the main, uh, portcullises that are kind of shattered partially outward, you can see the name of the town, uh, Bunrovia. Bunrovia. Your eye goes in through the shattered portcullis and into the like main portion of the center of this gothic castle. You find yourself going into the main keep deep inside. Once inside, the scene around you is quite horrific. You could see Mason finishing off a victim 
drinking deeply, so much so that the victim goes from being alive to completely ensanguinated in mere seconds. Also, you can see the remnants of destroyed caskets, um, burnt figures that don't really look that familiar to you. And then in the shadow beyond where all this this is, that he's in the midst of this bloodlust, you can see a great throne made of bone and the remains of people's bodies, just kind of all put together in a very kind of macabre representation of like a living throne, but everything's dead. In, in like in very kind of like dried out husked body is in the throne. You can see that they're wearing immaculate kind of purple and black attire. They've got a cane in their dried out hand and they're just kind of slouched back in this throne, dried out, just skin, bone, you know, just looking like they've been dead for centuries. Your eye catches a glimpse of a nearby portrait. And at the bottom, it says the family strut underneath the portrait. The place feels like it's old and abandoned. Nothing has gone on here for a very long time. You watch as Mason drains the last of the blood from one of maybe dozens of victims that are just kind of cast aside now decaying into skin and bone. Mason just gets up and roars up into the skyline. You can see trails of blood coming down his chin. I have found you finally. I will find it. I'll take what you once had. And when I have it, this castle travel yet again like it's done before and the heavy foot of the vampire will find its rightful place in this world you see a male figure go running out from behind a chair stop come here I'm still hungry you watch as the figure cowering but unable to get out of the effect of his glamour grabs him by the face and squeezes and brings his neck up to his mouth and just like eating a, like a, a piece of food, just <laughs> drains him instantly. You watch as Mason gets a little bit bigger, a little bit more swole. You watch as his fangs get a little bit more longer. You watch as his whole body just transforms in front of you as he looks around and... <sighs> Soon enough. And he watches, he reaches into a bag of holding on his belt and he pulls out the beacon that you saw him steal. And he holds it up in front of him and he begins to make a ceremonial incantation with it. And you watch as he takes the remains of one of his meals and just kind of squeezes out the last of the visceral blood and juice of the body part. And it covers the beacon with the offering. The beacon then flashes into this 
kind of like three-dimensional illusion that begins to orbit around Mason. Ah, it shows where they are. And you can see a dozen points of light in this illusion. And Mason looks at each one. There it is. On that island over there. And when I finally have it, my job will be nearly complete. Where are you, you fool? I need you. You watch as a familiar lizard folk comes out of the darkness of the shadows. Yes, my master. What do you require of me? Go. Get a group of the Voik. Have them secure the object. I have found it. Aye, master. This will be done. And you watch as... Um, I should have my note up. Do you may remember his name? Vassarisk. Vassarisk, thank you. I was thinking of a different campaign. Thank you. Vassarisk bows. And then behind Vassarisk, you see two more Vassarisks come out of the shadow. Two? And there are now three of them standing there looking up towards. And the one that says, of course, Master, turns, disappears back into the shadow. The other two in unison, what would you have us do, Master? And you watch as Mason goes over to the throne and he picks the desiccated body that's in it up, flings it across the way and sits in it with his leg over the, the handle, like the, the arm of the throne, looking very confident and full of himself. I have a special job for the two of you, but I don't know why. But before we start, perhaps you should make this place a little bit more secure, if you don't mind. That'll be done, Master, of course. He watches the beginning of a quick incantation. There's a burst of energy, and your mind's eye is flung out of the center of the castle, flung out, and your watery eyes open as you are back in your body with Spot kind of going on about, you know, if you peel potatoes a certain way, they're a lot easier to saute. Now, I'm just like, <laughs> a lot of people mistake, like, I don't know what it is that makes gerbils with way spirit to dwarf him. Oh my God. Well, the castle that I saw, did it look like it was it didn't look like it was in ruins. It basically looked like it had just been bisected and a chunk had been yeah. placed, right? Yeah. It looked very much like a, a large portion of its original form it had just been unceremonial, just dropped in the middle of that blasted out, you know, uh, island. I just scried on Mason and it worked. He's on an island in the Shattered Isles. He's not even on another plane. He's like in a weird half castle. I mean, right now it's just you fucking spot. I think I only think yeah. Come back over yet. yeah. Wait, what? Earthen couldn't even get in the bubble if he tried. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started it while he wasn't there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh my goodness! Wait. It, 
I had assumed that he was plane jumping, but he's he's on an island in the Shattered Isles, not when I recognized it was small. And there was a castle on the island, but it was like it had been split in half, like down the middle, and only half was there. Based on that experience that you just had, Xanth, give me an Arcana check really quick. All right. You had the uh, the vampire book before too, right? You read the vampire book, right? Yeah. So I do have like I do have some background knowledge. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll use uh, I'll use guidance too. Uh, oh, that's a twenty-one plus. You get the feeling that anybody moving through Wait. the rift is going to create the thought that they're moving through planes of existence. Once again, the rifts are these fractures that briefly appear that could be connected to different planes of existence. You get the feeling that he traveled through the veil and he must've been traveling through the veil when that was going on. Mm -hmm. He is now on the other side and he's on one of the smaller islands. And based on your reading and history interpretation, he is somehow discovered the location of Strahd's castle and brought a portion of it back for some reason. His power has grown mm-hmm. a lot. And the three simulacrum of lizard folk uh, shaman that are there, he seems to have complete control over the three of them. Martinette died up in the tower when he seized the object, or after he seized, uh, well, he probably killed her first, then went and seized the object when you guys last saw him. And the only person still missing was the Martinette's partner. Mithra. Mithra. That's the only person you haven't seen again yet at this point. He used the beacon that we saw him steal. He used the beacon to pull up a map, which had 12 points of light. And there was one he was interested in on an island he didn't specify, and he sent one of Vassarix's duplicates to go get it. I think we need to get I think we need to get there before them. I don't know what it is. I don't know which island it is, but I think we have to move fast. Um if I try to use the map, do you think you could maybe describe a little bit of your travels to that location to me and see if maybe we're within its vicinity? Yeah, for sure. Um, I pull out the map of uh, Revelations. You unfold it. Um, once again, what what do we determine the maximum range on this thing was? Um, I guess it's kind of tricky because it... It's the Superman range. It's the yeah, range I, that it needs to be. <laughs> I thought it was like five miles or something or ten miles. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like five. I think it was I think it was so when you're in your favorite terrain, what's your maximum range within your favorite terrain? Um I think I only have like Up my to maximum. a mile, right? Uh I think so. Let me search in a second. Oh, not, no, not, um, 
Favorite terrain gives you advantages. There is another skill you have where you can recognize fiend um, uh, awareness, primeval awareness, primeval awareness. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's uh, like one mile in general, but six miles if it's like favored terrain. There we go. Which, which, you, which is favored. Which yeah. means with the map, you're those two combined now, you can you have a range of up to thirty miles out. Oh, that's awesome! Um, since it's a good two to three days journey to the edge of the Vale, there's a section, a small section of your map, which is fogged out, and that's a good, you know, right on the edge of that thirty mile radius. You get the feeling that the map is unable to penetrate the, the veil and unable to show you specifically what's in it. But between here and there, there's no discernible threat that you pick up on at this point. Um, is Xanath able to like share some of the images she's seen because her eyes physically like went through the ocean and through the veil and saw like zeroed in on a location? Is she at all capable to, of like generating that image? Uh, we'll say between me? yeah, we'll say between the two of you, she's able to sketch out a rough kind of description of what she saw, what that small island looked like. Um, you then pull out your maps that you have previously that you've been gathering in anticipation of being within the Shattered Isles. Because you have at least one map that has like the string of Shattered Isles on the other side of the veil. Um, go ahead and give me a survival check with advantage on that one because you do have a map. I'll give you guidance too. That's plus a D4. Oh, thank you. Because that's just... <laughs> Okay, uh, 21 plus D4. Oh, uh, uh, 24. Hey! Nice. The larger of the islands is referred to as... Um, it's referred to as Dragon's Breath Isle. And it's because it's in a shape of like where it's small on one end. It's like a, a, a shape of a plume going outwards. So, it, you know, it kind of derived its name from its shape because there's just not a lot of known uh, uh, ge uh, you know, geography of the area because of the veil. Um, however, as you look at your maps, about 200 nautical miles east of the Dragon's Breath Isle, the string of islands continue like different variations in size. The entire breadth and length of the string of isles is a good 400 miles long. So it's a pretty, it, it's been, it's believed that these islands once were all part of a continent that was shattered um, during the period of calamity. And that one of the greater battles took place on this continent and was so severe and so severely damaged and destroyed that it turned the continent into a series of islands that are strung out and surrounded by this kind of magical barrier to keep or you know seems to keep people out for the most part but based on Zance's description that island she described looks a lot like 
what's called the um, the Pebbles Throw. It's this very small island about 200 miles east of the Dragon's Breath. And it's more of an atoll than it is a real island. It looks small, maybe a square mile, if any. And it does sit on... It, it sits on a raised like um, landmass of these 200-foot-tall cliffs. And those are kind of sketched out on the map as well. Um, it's very isolated. It sounds a lot like what Xanath must have seen. I think... I think I know where it is. Um, how fast does it seem like we'd be able to reach it? Like, Well, you're more on the southern end of the Vale, and you're specifically had requested to travel to the Dragon's Breath because that's where you were hoping to find both the lighthouse as well as conclude whatever the Wandering Assembly uh, with the uh, um, either... Maybe find something to stop her or learn more about what she's trying to do. Um, so it would be another two weeks travel to get up to where the Pebbles Throw would be located. Is this like the fastest route to go with the whale and then from like the destination find our way to the Pebble? As far as you know, yeah. But I mean, the sea is a big place. There's a lot of rumor and speculation over the different methods of travel. The only thing that might make this easier is somehow if you had the ability to cast a teleportation circle mm. or teleportation in general. And unfortunately, the only one that you know that can do that is currently pouting on the other end of the blue whale. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Can earthen teleport? I believe so, I can, yeah. I can plane shift. Or plane shift, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, I can plane shift, but I think we'd need a double plane shift to get there. <laughs> Unless... Back. Yeah. Uh, or to... Because it's on, it's on the same plane, right? Or are we saying going through the shattered veil? Well, that's the real trick. Mm. The veil. You know, the trick is, with what you've experienced so far with the veil is... You know, you felt that Mason was plane shifting multiple times, when actually he was probably just passing through the veil, which is why it gave you that feeling that's what he was doing. Your airship already had a very strange interaction with one of the rifts. And these rifts are multi-dimensional and multi-planes that kind of collide together and then create these rifts. So the real challenge you have is, is it even safe to teleport through the veil? Or is it safer to wait till you cross the veil underneath the water on the blue whale and then try to shift to the pebbles throw? And, you know, whether or not, um, uh, you know, um, I want to say Craxon, but that's my other game. Uh, Varen um, can find that other beacon before you do. Hard to know for sure. Spot. Can you get Earth in and tell him we need to talk? I was planning on getting with him anyway. Um, I, I hate to ask. I don't tend to keep a lot on me. Do you have um, a bottle of, uh, of wine or brandy or something? Fox always got a bottle of hooch on me. Fox always got a bottle of hooch. 
And looking at the, at the at the flask with the shittiest moonshine you can imagine. <laughs> the stuff that melted my face. <laughs> no, that was the literally. Uh, that was the tabaxi hooch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have this. If literally not, if you if like, yeah, I have this. All right. Um, there are certain. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of dig through my pack and see if I have anything because uh, <laughs> <laughs> just do an investigation of my uh, my cooking supplies and see if I might have some shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got some wrapped up trail mix. Um, you've got some dried jerky and some other preserved foods. You got some stale pastries that you forget. Like you pull one out. Oh, I forgot about that, which immediately goes full sog, you know. And then, no. oh, you know, and it's just like... <laughs> all right, but no, uh, no bottles of, uh, of wine or brandy. Or uh, give me investigation because you do have sticky fingers. Plus zero. Okay, then. Oh, no. Florida dice. Florida dice are the best dice that I know. What'd you get? One five, fifteen. Fifteen? Oh. You do reach in and find a bottle that you remember grabbing from Sibos. It looked mostly pretty on the outside. Um, but it was like uh it, it was covered in gnomish writing, which now you can kind of read. You haven't looked at it for a very long time. Um, it is uh a um it's a Morrow Valley uh cherry wine. They only are made in the Morrow Valley. Within the Dwendal Empire, um, it's probably something local to Earthen's past when he lived in the Morrow Valley. All right, I'm gonna kind of set my my pack down in the, the tiny hut and just kind of wave to uh, to Puck and Zip and just head out to, up to Earthen's bubble or his tether. He doesn't really yeah, have a bubble. I don't yeah. need a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Within a few moments, Earthen Spot approaches you. Just kind of raise the uh, the bottle to him. Just kind of point to uh, one of the uh, unoccupied or or lightly occupied bubbles. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Just kind of wave them over. Are there any uh, unoccupied or like very lightly occupied bubbles? We should just pop in the one with the artist. Okay, that works. <laughs> Excuse me, this is mine. <laughs> Get out! I'm painting. We're not gonna bother you. It, it'll be just a minute. What do you want? I, as long as I can paint you, I can keep my clothes on, right? Well, that's a very strange question. Would you like to take them off? No, I'm not that kind of bard. <laughs> Then why did you ask me that? I get mistaken for that kind of bard a lot. Are they mistaken? Yes. Um, frankly, I... Excuse me, sir. Oh, and you brought your house cat. How pleasant. He Now, they enjoyed being naked, so maybe you can get that out of them. Well, Tabaxi are naked by... Yeah. By, by I'm normal with my body. In fact, your Tabaxi seems to be wearing quite a bit of pajamas and such. Yeah. You wear your Tabaxi as a monk. 
Pajamas very is strange. an apt description. It's a very apt description to call those pajamas. I, mm. I will log that away. Fine, you may occupy my space, but only for a short duration. Mm, thank you. Kind of like pulls his hair back into a little man bun, ties it off. Goes back to painting on the canvas. So what is it, Spot? Look, man, I'm not going to pretend to be on the same page as you. Uh, I, I'm not thrilled with Puck and Zam. Um, I think what they did was foolhardy um, and a, more than a bit disrespectful. But you can't keep doing You can't keep going on like this. They didn't murder anyone. They, they Even if they had, I don't know quite what your definition is here. <laughs> Coming from a tabaxi (laughs) rogue monk, yeah. I don't know what your definition of murder is. (laughs) Mine leans more towards shedding a mortal coil and enjoy being a naked soul. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is you need to come to terms with this if we want to succeed. We, we, We need you just as much as you need us to complete this. And frankly, they they wanna they want you back. They there's something that we really need your help with. Yep. Uh Gorgum was working with Mannheim. And Mannheim <laughs> was working with Brightfin. Okay. Um Gorgon is escorting us right now. Um he's suspicious of me as much as I'm sp- suspicious of him. Uh, who cares if he's suspicious of me, frankly? But um, we're not necessarily safe here. Well, yeah. I'm going to glance over at the half work. Like, is he paying any attention to us at all after nope. that? Like, just frantically sketching <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be like one of those caricature pictures, you know, with the <laughs> exaggerated features. <laughs> like so the car sketch, you know? Yep. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> Again, uh, I said, I, I know you're not thrilled with what happened. And again, neither am I, but this is something that you have to come to terms with. Buddy. Did you even, have you spoken a word to either of them to kind of get their side of what went on with that turtle? You understand what his situation was, right? The same situation as the lizard folk that sacrificed herself to become one with that stupid gate. Everything else. It's all these people doing the will of the gods. What's the difference between that and what we saw happen to Tally? Who's Tally? (laughs) 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 Immersion blown. (laughs) That's her nickname, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how she tallies up her kills. I was like, tally, yeah. Kills or deaths. I was either way, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, intention is one thing. Another, again, if that had been my lot after. I don't want to think about how many years stuck in an endlessly repeating cycle. I don't know that I would have been too thrilled with uh, with my prospects either. I probably would have welcomed it. Had I had, I'll be honest with you, 
if I hadn't gone with you, I probably would have done it myself. I don't know how it went, but I would have given them peace. I know you would have, Spot. Uh, what? I, I couldn't hear you. I was saying, I know you would have, Spot. I just, I, I, I think you get it that I, I, I can't sit around and think that there wasn't something else that could have been done because that's all I'll ever do. That's what's gotten me this far. And now we have a task. There's a beacon on the island. We were told it's there. And we were told that uh, that beacon has some sort of link to the gods. And uh, it is my goal to destroy that. I'm there for you 100%, but we think we might have found a way to get to Mason as well, but it's going to involve a plane shift. The only ones that can do that here are you and Zan, and I'd have to do both of those in quick succession or use a boat to get all of us there. So we might really need both of you to work together on this. Yep. I, I have some things we should probably look into first before we walk into that. So where are we? Where are we going? Well, uh, right now I don't know that we have much of a choice, but to follow where the blue whale is going, unless we want to plane shift out of here. But that seems like um, potentially a bad idea. Much, buddy. Um, I'm talking about where? Where's Puck and Xanth? Oh, uh, they're they're in the tidy hut that you can't see. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go and <laughs> pop out. It's the question. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, you let go of the harness that you're holding on to, and. I'm gonna like, uh, yeah. I, I, is that you like it? And he holds it up, and it's, <laughs> it's. You guys are riding ponies. You have like really large heads and tiny bodies with these cartoon-like eyes. I mostly gonna, do these for festivals. I'm gonna flip him a gold <laughs> and like take it and put it in the bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another satisfied customer. Good travels to you, fair house cat and. Magical, asexual bod. Anyway, next painting <laughs> starts working Wait, on it. I, I'm just what you, you know. It's a backseat, right? I'm, I'm six. I'm almost six and a half feet tall. Um, house cats are like, like this. I know you're a, you're an orcine being, but like hey, he's, he's an orc, man. Just roll with it. I'm a half orc. I'm half as smart as a part of me that's not as smart as my other half. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my companion. He he makes some. Um, he makes very human centric remarks all the time. He's not good around um, other humanoid races. It, it's. I'm sorry. I'm wondering why he chose to have his house cat talk. That's very strange. He must get very lonely. <laughs> I mean, do you use oh, yeah. a large reduce spell on him? Is that how you make your house cat so big? It's polymorph, actually. Oh, fascinating! Can yeah. I can I pet him? <laughs> oh, you can try. Oh well, in that case, I won't. <laughs> they are cute, however. No, see, they said you're cute. I'm feeling very conflicted about this gentleman here. <laughs> <laughs> I, Which at that point, you guys kind of like push through the membrane <laughs> of the bubble to go back and use the harness to kind of climb down towards where you could see a translucent kind of bulge where the, the, the current is sweeping by it. 
Um, you watch as Spot goes in, but you're unfortunately unable to go in at this point. All right, he's he's calmed down a bit. He, he's not thrilled, which understandable, but he's not like you know as seething or as pouty. Um, oh, right, just want to reach an arm out with the with the bottle. Forgot about this. <laughs> Just your the arm goes out with the wine back through the bubble. <laughs> I'll um pop the bubble down and pop it back up again with earthen inside. The four of you are inside the tiny hut. You want to you want to see a dead body? <laughs> Not particularly. Do you want to talk to it? What have you got? I uh, open the end of the bag and work out the martinet. Oh, I forgot that you took her with. <laughs> <laughs> he like just pulls this corpse out of the bag, sets it on the inside of the hut. Oh my God. And he, it's the somewhat preserved and soggy martinet. I mean, it was in salt. So water, salt water, salt water. Her skin's a bit raisiny and translucent. The the fang wounds on the neck clearly visible. Well, the whole, yeah, and, and the, the whole, and the, as well as the rest of her, yeah, inside of her throat. Yep. Yeah. After um, what you saw at the Gothic Castle, Zenith, you get the feeling that while he was draining her, he also did her throat at the same time. So, I think before we do this, we need to talk. I scried on Mason. He's on an island about three weeks' journey from here. He's transported a part of Strahd's castle. He's killed a bunch of people. And he's sent... Vazarisk and a couple of his duplicates to fetch a mysterious object from an island. I guess the question is, do you care or are you just going to find an island to try and set up camp on? Uh, I'm still trying to take out the beacon. Why? Because that severs Exandria from the gods. Why do we think the beacon severs Exandria from the gods? What we saw it do was pop up a map. Well, that's that one. I'm talking about the one in the aisles. Um, we were we were told that that beacon uh, would be the the key to either bringing the gods back into Exandria or possibly sealing it away. Helm told us that even though we had thought the door was closed. It's never I don't, been closed. I don't need to hear about Helm. I, I don't need to hear about Helm. I, I frankly don't care about Helm. Well, have you considered the minion, stuff that you or, the stuff that you or, think this beacon may do that we've been fed by various people may be incorrect? Like the whole premise that we were told that the gods were locked away, it's not true. So what does this beacon do? I forgot you're the chosen one. You're the champion of Helm. This might actually be not a bad time. Well, I guess there were worse times to 
say something Dominion have told me. Um, oh, now you want to share. Well, I like dramatic entrances. <laughs> Fair. Um, apropos Chosen One. Um, I'm not really sure how to say it, but I feel like this is something I should have said a long time ago. Dominion very repeatedly referred to you as the daughter of Erebos. I do not know what that means. I do know that you've had a connection with Erebos before this has happened. I don't know what the larger implications, what that leads us, but if nothing else, you should know that. Is that why you're a half-elf? You're a half-daughter of Erebos and half-daughter of Helm? I have no idea. I don't... I haven't felt any connection to Erebos, and Dominion could be lying. He it sounds like... If what Helm said is true, I've been re reappearing on Exandria over and over again in an endless cycle. And I don't remember any of it. Are you suggesting we should trap you in a crystal and let you go necrotic and then kill you too? Dude, can you chill? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we wronged you. We really did. But you would have not compromised with us. You would have not why, taken me seriously. Why did you end why did you end the turtle? He was trapped in this cycle. He was trapped in this whole thing with that Dominion fellow, well, right? Well, here we have a, a hearty companion uh, who is also trapped in a cycle. I'm not trapped. Oh, but if yet you still that, follow if it, Helm. If it is true that I follow Helm, then I chose to do it in every life. Like I chose it in this one. The turtle, he wanted to go. Why is it so, like, why are people's choices so irrelevant to you? People Ooh, that's, that's a D6 inspiration. That was a good, <laughs> that was a good earthen question. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was stellar. Ooh, now, I, now I need to get popcorn in it. <laughs> I want to hear this. Finally, deep into the backstory of earth. And yeah, why is he yeah. such a dick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it comes to talking about gods. And then, no, you know, that's true. I I have seen, I've lived. My my family's experience is what can happen when too much power from hearing the wrong voices gets into the wrong hands. It happens time and again. All throughout history, gods rise up. Their, their empires rise up. They, they select deities that they believe are the right deities. And whoever else has other deities are the wrong deities. Ooh, that's a and, very Dwendalian reference. That's good. Thank you. I like that. And, he takes inspiration and, for that one. Oh, right. <laughs> and so as these empires rise and as these chosen gods rise with them and rise in followers, um, not a thing is done to 
protect any of the rest. So great. Helm was one of the ones that was chosen. Where was Helm protecting all of the innocents that were being slaughtered at the hands of the Empire as they grew their power and continued to flourish? So your objection to Helm is that he hasn't solved every problem. For a god whose purpose is to protect, yeah, that's the gist of it. It sounds like it sounds like you've been let down. And I sounds like it was mostly people who let you down. People choose which gods to raise. People choose which gods to follow. And, and how people did you, choose which other people to punish. And and how did you come to choose Helm? How did I come to choose Helm? I was in a moment of darkness and fear, and he offered me help. Sounds an awful lot like Helm chose you. Doesn't and I chose whether to accept a, his help. Doesn't that kind of make a, a self-fulfilling prophecy there? How is that? A, do you mean if you're, you're the angry daughter you of weren't Helm. chosen? No, not at all. <laughs> you're the daughter of Helm. If you're the daughter of Helm and then also Helm chose you, but you chose Helm, right? I mean, somebody had to do the choosing. How did how did you choose Dominion? Right, he looks at Puck. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Honestly, it was hubris. It's why I had to kill the turtle. I thought I could do more than I could, then I couldn't. And I thought I was smarter than it, and I wasn't. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized how many of my choices were not truly my own. And well, all I like knew we've been playing this game together for two years. <laughs> D6 inspiration for you, Puck. That was that was good. That was good. Thank you. Um but I also felt like we you said that our power is to fuck things up and then unfuck them. I don't know if I believe that. I think we are more likely to fuck things up than unfuck them. And if the first pillar was the Titan and it did go through, then maybe we didn't really unfuck it. And I don't know if I can keep doing that, especially because I feel like I'm not the one paying the bill for my recklessness anymore. Honestly, I have been bailed out so many times at this point, I don't know what to do. But I know that I don't want to create chaos for other people. That's not what I intended to do on this journey. And if taking responsibility for this one turtle would allow other people to exist, then I'll do that. And if that means that I will still die and go to Dominion, I will do that. But I knew that even if I went away so long as the turtle was there, the Dominion will do what he, everything he could to reach it. And he manipulated us so much. Dominion manipulated us or manipulated you? I mean, what is it? What is you it? went to see the, seek the Horn of Dominion, didn't you? You almost killed yourself to reach a fake object that mm -hmm. would have bought him time. I don't know. I know that at this point, as much as I thought I knew 
things, I can't really trust what I know. And all I can do is be defensive and cautious for a while. And if being cautious means making an extremely shitty choice that will only reflect poorly upon me and my past choices, then that's that. But honestly, a lot of that chaos is my fault, and I will take responsibility for it in whatever form I can. Hmm. Well, look at you, taking responsibility. (laughs) You could stand to do that too, but maybe another day. Ooh, cross the bow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Xanath and Puck, give me insight checks, if you would, please. Smacker. <laughs> That's a nat one for me. Yeah. I, that gets me an 11. Yeah, yeah. That was a three plus one, so that's a four. <laughs> no. Yeah, Earth is completely unreadable. Like his his behavior, you get the sense, Xanath, that this goes a lot deeper than this so-called veneer of the gods. While it's part of his distrust, this feels more deeply rooted in where he comes from. And perhaps something in his past that's also affected him. Although it's hard to get past that kind of veneer that he is. Even though the four of you have been traveling together for a while now. Fighting what you thought was the same fight. You're not really sure anymore what fight he's fighting. Or if he even knows that he is fighting one. Um, he's Today he's almost impossible to read. Do you want to know what Dominion told me about you? It's Why okay not? here. Why not? She said that you are fighting a war that is no longer taking place. And that things have settled back home. Honestly, at the time, I was afraid that meant you would leave. But I don't know. I guess... I'm not really sure what that means for you. And I don't really know what settled means. It could be that it's a bad kind of settled. Honestly, it's strange. And he also gave me something about spots, which I've been really fearing. And I don't know if it's a good thing for me to say it, because I think it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm not really great with those. (laughs) Um, But I I do trust you. (laughs) He's the only one who's God that I'm not really upset with because, I mean, Spot is so Spot. <laughs> Without Spot, I feel like we would have all walked in our separate ways. Like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> like we would have not made up at some point. That, that is kind of funny when you think about it. A little bit of but... chaos keeps the soup together. <laughs> Which one of my gods is he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> you well, know, I don't think it matters. <laughs> the minion said that your chaos would cause unimaginable destruction, which is not something I can believe, but I just hope that you know to take that with caution and hopefully avoid the same mistakes I have. 
Yeah, but I, I don't, I can't believe that you would, but it's what he said. But also, he's a master manipulator, so, you know, take it with a salt, grain of salt. And destruction isn't always bad. Hey. I guess. Wasn't that, like, uh, Dominion's whole plan? Yeah, yeah, listen, I'm not claiming to know anything more than I can say on the surface level. Well, what was uh, what was what was his whole? How is he going to make new worlds? I think, on the surface, and the reason that I kind of almost felt like we could work together, it seemed like he just missed his family. I mean, he was locked away from his son. He was locked away from a world he created. Um, but he seemed pretty intent on taking revenge on the world and destroying it to create something new. Uh, and he, I guess, very naively, I assume that gods can't lie. I assume that they were somehow divine, which apparently they're very much allowed to lie. Why not? I don't know. I guess yeah. I was just naive. My only exposure was Xanath's <laughs> version of Helm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we assume that Helm's not lying to us, so... I wouldn't disrespect someone who has saved a friend so many times. Even div divinity or otherwise, you know? The same way, like... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doubting Xanth. That's fair, but still, it is a friend of Xanth. By the transitive property, you don't have to adore him, but you can be at least somewhat respectful of her relationship to him. Oh, I'm going to write so many breakup songs. <laughs> <laughs> Earth is like the Taylor Swift of, uh, of, of Alexandria. He's the, he's the one waiting for that, like, you know. <laughs> when you and Helm break up, this is going to be an epic ballad, okay? You know, it is not and has never been my job to be a convert. I am just trying to be an agent. No one has to believe, but I know what I have to do. And I guess I'm wondering whether you also want to do it. I know what I have to do as well. For now, I think uh, we're still moving in the same direction. That like bums Xantha out a lot, but she's going to try and play a really cool. <laughs> so Just... you said something about Mason. Martinet was with Mason. I held on to the body because I might be able to bring her back. I have to sleep on it anyway, but I want to know that she wants to come back first. And you want to raise her from the dead? I've, I've picked up some talents um, in, in all the reading and everything that I've been doing. And I'm not going to do this if she doesn't want to come back. <laughs> Which but. dark god adopted you? <laughs> Myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's my it's my 
unshakable faith in humanity. That's the God that adopted me, right? If I was a paladin, I would be a paladin of humanity, right? Of <laughs> You say oh. you're gnome, you're half-elf, and you're cat. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you're part of humanity as far as I'm concerned, buddy. <laughs> not, not human humanity. Oh, my God. It's really <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm trying to imagine his little... You know, his little paw hand and doing like the guardians thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry um, you're not pretty. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry you're not as pretty as us, and you lack, you know, amazing claws and preternatural senses. And you know what? Look, I'm, I'm just saying, you're boring. Basically, you were boring. Hey. <laughs> We are, we are boring. Look at the, look at the, the talent that we've brought into this place. And, you know, with uh, Winter as well. Um, she wished us all well, by the way. I did see her. Uh, Post. Back at the, uh, well, I, I did see her back at the, uh, at what, after the, after yeah, you. back in the. Uh, after yeah, you guys the did the thing. Yeah. After you guys did the thing. I, I did, I did see the Winter. The thing. What had to be done? Where did she? Where did she go? Uh, she and Sibo were going somewhere into the Fey to uh, investigate further if there's some hand or fingers in, in in whatever's going on happening on that on that end of the realm as well. So Sibo, uh, uh, Andrew, Winter, and a couple of others, uh, they rushed off uh, into the Fae. Uh, I don't know if we'll see them again, but we'll there's another group the out there. There's another group out there. So, so look, can you, can you talk to her or not? And I'm pointing at the Martinet. I can talk to her. I can ask her if she'd want to come back. Yep. I want to know what she, what she thought Mason was doing. Uh, also, uh, it's probably good to know whether or not she would uh, betray us and run immediately back to Mason if we do bring her back. From we don't really have any Zanith, reason to trust her. <laughs> yeah, and from your perspective, Zenith, it's speak with dead is a tricky spell. They are allowed to lie. Yeah. If uh, old boy is truly her her lover, Mithra. Yeah, Mithras. Or Devon. Devon Mithras. Uh, another murdering son of a bitch. Yes, please ask her where he is. I would love to talk again. And along those lines, though. Yeah, I'm level fifteen now. I want to talk to that guy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> along, along those lines, though, whether or not there's uh, some redemption to be had for her and him. All right. Before meeting him, I'm like going back to Dominion for just like a little bit, just like a minute and a half. Very contained. Very reliable. Where is Brightfin, by the way? Didn't he die? Didn't he die in the battle? As you know, yeah. Speaking was, of Brightfin, he was pulled in to something, wasn't he? Yeah. Someone's magical arm. Damn oh, it. did someone snatch him? 
Wait, someone, yes. Someone. Oh, oh me, oh, right. you soul. I That's right, I ate his soul, shit. Oh. <laughs> I, wonder, I couldn't remember That's why, why I kept asking. A big deal about what happened yeah. to Brightfin? Yeah. What happened to Brightfin? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And Puck has no memory of that either. Oh, no. Yeah, I was fully out. Your um, eyes were dark black orbs of dominion domination, and he, he was fighting and decided to consume the soul of uh, Brightfin as a snack as he began to work his magic in hopes of consuming all the souls that were in the chamber. Uh, I have no recollection. Um, speaking of Brightfin, um, I spoke to a few people who are also on their way to the Isles uh, who have talked with Brightfin and beforehand with Mannheim. And I give them the whole spiel and also mention that they've invited us to their uh, mansion... Uh, and also that they have a kitchen that is magical and has everything. And that they have um, a diplomat that sounds interesting. Hmm. So it's another group of uh, scholars who are supposed to go with Mannheim through the veil to be like Eden or whatever is happening to them. They're still sending people through. I guess... I don't know what to expect of them. They knew about the beacon, which I think was surprising. They knew about Brightfin, but at least on the surface, they did not seem to suspect anything. And beforehand, they knew Mannheim. But Brightfin reached out to them, meaning that Mason probably reached out to them. Um... I kind of also tell everyone the lies I told so we can maybe keep them straight. <laughs> uh, you're like telling Earthen, you have many names, you're a diplomat. <laughs> no, if, we, if any of them belong to the Dwendalian Empire, it might not be wise to the use your name. And revolutionary are, you know, not so far off, right? Just... One begets the other, right? So. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, should I go ahead and cast speak with dead on uh, the Mardinet? I'm down for it. All right. I don't want to do this in that mansion. I tell you that. That's fair. Uh, I'll like proper up on the slope of the bubble and. Um, settle down and cast a spell. Oh, no! <laughs> this was so ready to go. <laughs> As you begin to invoke the spell, um, she begins to animate. Her mouth opens, her eyes voids, she just looking left and right. She's kind of wheezing in her death, like her that death rattle that a chest gets when they wheeze. Mason killed you, and he fled the city. 
What did he want? He was looking for something. He was convinced that killing me would be a good distraction. And he needed uh, the energy to return to where he came from. <laughs> he watches fangs kind of descend out of her mouth. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, what else did he need to bring the castle back to this plane? He found a beacon. The beacon allowed him to make an offering and retrieve something of his choice, of his doing. The magic is too complex for me to understand. What happened to Devon, to Mithra? I do not know. I have not seen him since we left the island. If you were alive again, what would you do? I would feed and grow strong. Who was Mason allied with? He had three lizard folk companions. And another one that never showed its face. Its voice in the background always. Speaking, talking. I don't know who they were. He seemed to converse with it. Like a companion. <coughs> she lies still. After the fifth question. I feel like we shouldn't bring her back in the bubble. So. <laughs> you watch as she finally goes into her death throw again. Her fangs retract back up into her teeth. I mean, well, I guess this is a side question. Would that, would that count? Is vampirism or damperism a curse or uh, give know... me give me religion or history check it's up like, to you because based on the uh the book you know mm -hmm. that's uh yeah we'll do history that's a uh, 18 18 Thinking on the subject matter, you're not really sure if, you know, um, you're not really sure if anyone's ever successfully um, um, raised a vampire from death. Usually their body is 
to destroy it. She's more of a vampire spawn, from what you can tell through the interaction. So I guess it's more uh, if we were to cleanse her of this, uh, whatever we call that vampirism, is it if it's a disease or is it uh, arcane in nature? I guess it's more kind of the question. Could you cure it with greater restoration or like remove curse? It's like the reason. Yeah, that's part of the reason I ask is because uh, you know the spell I've got can bring something that's been dead for no more than a century back to life. She's definitely less dead than that, right? So, from, it neutralizes Zanus, poisons and cures normal disease. Yeah, from Xanus' so. reading of vampirism and Strahd and your own interpretation of knowledge, you can't raise something that wasn't alive. So vampires spawn, they weren't truly alive anymore. Um, as far as you know, only resurrection or true resurrection can raise an undead creature or yep. you can try to enthrall it. Animate dead is one possibility, but it doesn't really maintain its consciousness or what it was. It simply becomes your thrall. Um, undead creatures are challenging when it comes mm -hmm. to raising them from the dead. Well, group uh i have picked up skills through my readings that i could resurrect something that has been dead no more than a century um i don't think she's been dead that long i hope but um if i read it correctly i <laughs> If we don't try to cure, if we don't cure this uh, this thrall, whatever those point to her like teeth, even though they're not they're not fangs now, but I'm pointing at her teeth. Like if yeah. we don't cure, if we don't fix those, um, you know, she might come back and try to eat us too. Zeth, you look down at her, you're like, no, she will come back and try to eat us. <laughs> like, yeah. like you get the feeling that she was answering her questions very honestly. She is not enjoying the con condition of her soul. So if you gave your soul another opportunity to uh, make it right, if we could afford her that chance... I don't have a spell that I think I could use to bring her back without vampirism. Well, I, I could do the bring back part. It's the still having vampirism part that I'm trying to avoid. But if we can take care of that part now, I can just bring her back and we don't have to deal with a, uh, we could tie her up, I guess, you know, but, uh, I probably want to do that anyway, but, uh, I so I guess I thought can I could would greater restoration cure her while she's dead or I thought it was like only a resurrection. Well resurrection would bring her back, right? But it brings her back with whatever diseases she might have had that aren't just simple diseases. Mm -hmm. Like simple diseases, it the way I read it, simple diseases are are not 
affected. Uh, it's uh, This spell neutralizes any poison and cures normal diseases afflicting the creature when it died. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, however, remove magical diseases, curses, and the like. So assuming this is a curse or a magical disease, that's why I'm trying to... I don't have the power to get rid of that, but I can bring her back. I can do greater restoration. I don't know if it cures vampirism. And I guess my question is, seems like maybe she'll, I guess not a question. seems like she was kind of a bad person even before she was a vampire. Maybe. I mean, I guess we don't really know. Maybe this, I can. This, this coming from the one of, uh, uh, well, you did say you're not out to convert people, but, uh, um, interesting. Uh, just, just putting this out there. Um, what we could always do, um, we could always try to resurrect her and leave her in a room with me. You said you think she's a vampire spawn or something like that. Um, and I know that that's, and vampirism is essentially a, a disease illness. I'm immune from that. Because of my control, my affinity with key, I can't be infected. And I can, I'm quite capable of handling myself. So just, just point that out. I don't want to bring her back just for you to kill her again, though. I don't want to kill her either. It's just, um, you know, if she's a blood-crazy monster, um, you know, she can't... All she can do is um, fight me, and I'm pretty good at, at being fighty and, you know, stuff. I, I'm pretty sure I can take care of her at least enough to not die, at least in the short term. But that might give us some idea of uh, whether or not we might be able to use her, use her knowledge, whether we can... You you have a lot of great confidence. I mean, I give you that. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do my job. (laughs) Oh, I actually do have resurrection. But I just don't have it. I don't have it, like, but I could do it tomorrow. I just need the... uh the spell slot back and I can do it. That's why I said I can't do it right now. But, uh, well, you can resurrect her within a year, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily pressing so long as we can keep her in the bag of holding, but I do have some fear about not knowing whether she'll come back as a vampire, even without us intervening. Just cause vampires really do freak me out. Like, do we know what resurrection looks like for them? Is it possible that maybe it just takes a while and then they come back even without resurrection involved? Because if so, I do not want to be next to her. The only spell that both Zanth, that you'd be aware of, um, and to a certain degree through Earthen's historical understanding of things, reincarnate is an option as well. Because that brings the soul back into a newly intact created body and would, by default, um, no longer be imbued with the curse. If you were to resurrect her as is, it feels like it's a timing thing. The moment that she's resurrected, you would then use remove curse at the exact same time, which would cause the vampirism to exit her body. But that could be more complicated, more challenging, more difficult. I like a challenge. Yeah, we know you do. I made friends with, <laughs> I made friends with you guys. <laughs> Have you? 
Barely. You know what? I feel like we made the big choices last time, albeit by force. So this one's your choice, but please try not to kill us. Such a low bar, but I am asking. <laughs> Such a low bar. <laughs> like, please do not resurrect our worst enemy. Maybe you're right. Maybe she will come back better than ever. She seemed like maybe she was out for herself. She did not actively kill us. Just her friends tried to. So we'll... I, I will support you on this one, but I am asking you to not overestimate yourself or us. What does Mason expect? There's um, no way he can expect that we have Martinet. That we have Martinet. Surely he has seen Martinet and he knows what happened to Martinet. But. It's an interesting line of thinking, I won't lie. I mean, for sure, it would defeat expectations to revive your enemy. No question. But if, she was, if she was only enthralled to him, right? If we end the curse, she's no longer enthralled to him. She, I guess, personally, is because she was so connected with Devon, and Devon certainly did not have our best interest at heart. I find it hard to trust her, but... But wasn't, uh, wasn't he enthralled to Mason as well? He was talking with Zahir when he killed me, but who knows? Ooh, now you're going way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we so certain that was Zaheer? Because now we have Dominion. Yeah, well, that's where my soul ended up then, but who knows? Honestly, I cannot claim to understand the gods or honestly the people around me at this point. But I do want us to be cautious and we do have some amount of responsibility to prevent Mason from getting more of those beacons. And we do have a responsibility to act fast. I am 100% behind stopping him getting the beacons. That's part of the reason I wanted to bring Martinette back. Surely she's got uh, more knowledge on this that uh, well. we're that's probably true. How about we go talk to those artificers who also possibly have information we don't and wait with the Martinet just a little bit since there is no immediate rush on reviving her. Maybe we can even get some information about how to get her out of the vampirism situation. I'm shimmying her back into the bag. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a Ziploc bag. Just like, like. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, and with know? that, you guys... Package Martinet back up, um, kind of clean yourselves up a bit, and head out into the water, heading towards the collection of the Marquesian um, academics, um, and see 
what potentially the evening holds for you. But that will finish there tonight. That's a good stopping point. Um, you guys go ahead and linger. We have got a couple things to talk about. By the way, the most important thing we got to talk about next week. No, no, Mason we- was tried upon. So level sixteen. Yeah. <gasps> hey, amazing! Sixteen. Everybody Yay. else, please be safe. Be kind. Don't oh, forget. Oh, oh, oh. Play again. Play a game. And again, a game again, again. Uh, And we'll see you next Sunday. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Again and again and again. (laughs) 